Hi, everybody. I'm Ashley. I'm one of the pastors here at Trinity. It is great to be with you. Happy Advent. We are so glad to be able to worship with all of you online, worshiping with us at home. Uh, Today and next Sunday, the 20th, these are our final uh, scheduled outdoor in-person services. In spirit of transparency, as Chris has mentioned in weeks past, uh, we've talked about this medical team that we've been meeting with throughout this pandemic for the last number of months um, to get their input and their counsel as we make our plans. We're actually meeting with them again today. Our commitment to you as a leadership team, we just want to underscore, is to make these plans uh, that are both safe and sensible. I mean, we acknowledge, we recognize that while we've all suffered in different ways throughout this pandemic, we've not all suffered in the same ways. Our experiences have not been the same. And our convictions, our opinions about how best to navigate through these months are not the same. And that's not only a Hey, we're very thankful for that. We're glad to be a part of a church with a diversity of voices and convictions when it comes to things like this. We want to hold on to that, but we don't want to let those differences separate us or create hostility or even division. So what we want to do is call you, particularly in these upcoming weeks, uh, to extend grace, patience, even generosity towards those with whom uh, you disagree. To choose in a season like this to really love each other, to fight for our unity, hold on to one another, to believe that we belong to each other. Because if we can do that, particularly in a season like this, we will come out of it stronger than we were before. That's our hope, that's our conviction, our belief, and it would very much upset upset Satan, we think, to see us do that. Uh, So that's the plan. We're thankful to be able to navigate these things with all of you and appreciate uh, your grace and patience towards us as your pastors as we make our way through too. If you have Bibles, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 61. We'll read together and then we'll pray, see what the Lord has for us. The words of the prophet, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me, he has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities and devastations of many generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Holy Spirit, Lord, we bless this time that we have together. We bless it in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Holy Spirit, come and be with us wherever we are, wherever we worship today. Fill our homes, Lord. We ask you, God, to give us your peace, to really come alongside us just as you did the prophet, Lord, to give comfort, to bring healing. But also we ask you, Lord, for ears to hear Jesus. We long, Lord, to hear your voice. We ask you, God, to give us faith and courage, all the things that we need, uh, Lord, to wait for you to come towards us and to move in the ways, God, that we're being called and asked to move. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
So this is the third uh, Sunday of Advent. This is the Sunday known in the church as Gaudete Sunday. Uh, that's Latin for rejoice. It is our rejoicing Sunday. This has traditionally uh, been the Sunday when we light the rose-colored candle. So for those of you who have Advent wreaths at home and you've been lighting candles, uh, this is the fun week, the week when you get to light the pink one. And that's because this candle is meant to represent to us a kind of call, a reminder to rejoice while we are still in the dark while we're still waiting. So it's a kind of rejoicing that you do in, in anticipation of something, a kind of early rejoicing while you're waiting uh, for the thing you're waiting for. It's not yet in hand. Whereas the rejoicing we do at Christmas is a little bit different, right? It's we feel joyful because uh, Jesus has arrived. Christmas is here, and so we rejoice. But the rejoicing of Advent, the rejoicing of Gaudete Sunday, this third Sunday, is a call to rejoice while we wait trusting that the thing that we hope for, that we long for, is coming, is in process, but maybe not yet arrived in the way that we want it to. Which makes, I think, this text in front of us a really fitting text, a really appropriate text for the day. Scholars believe that Isaiah 61, these verses, this prophecy from Isaiah was actually given to him at the time when the exiles, those who had been in exile in Babylon, had already made their way back home. They were back in the land of Judah, so they were no longer in Babylon. They were back home, and yet home wasn't exactly the same. Couldn't even really say that they were at home because Jerusalem was in ruins. There was still so much work that had to be done, so much change that needed to happen, so much healing. And it was at that time, probably at a time, no doubt, of profound discouragement. You know, God had delivered them out of Babylon. That was really great. But now here they were in this place that was supposed to feel at home where they were supposed to be free, and it actually didn't feel that way to them really at all. And it's at that time the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, comes to Isaiah the prophet and says, I want you to encourage people, tell them, God is still at work. God is still delivering. He's still healing. He's still restoring. His promises are still being worked out. And so that's kind of the first point I want to make, is that God's promises are always in process. Whenever I read this passage, that's the thing that I'm reminded of. If I take into consideration the context, the time, and the place, what I hear the prophet saying is that we have to trust that the work of God, his promises, are always in process. It's an ongoing work. That's true in the world around us. It's also true in my own life. The work of God is an ongoing work. Uh, God tends to work in more of a circle than in the line. And I often, and I think many of us often, think about my own faith, my own life before God um, as a kind of linear process. I start here and I'm supposed to end here. And what we see in the Bible is not that really at all. It's more circular, more fluid. It's ongoing. Paul says we are being saved he calls us to work out our salvation with fear and with trembling, which is a reminder to me that I am therefore, while being saved, also kind of always being delivered, always being healed, always being restored in some way. And I think that's interesting because if you look at the passage, if you're paying close attention, what you're going to see is that there's a similar process at work even uh, in these verses, uh, kind of phases 
really. If you pay attention, for example, to the first stanza, verses one to two, what you're gonna see is that God's doing this work of deliverance. Uh, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, release to the prisoners, the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God. This is a promise, a commitment to freedom to liberty, God's setting people free. And then the next verse is moves into a promise for healing, kind of reversal of fortune, that God's going to comfort those who mourn, provide for those who mourn in Zion, give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. And that gives way then to these last verses, this last stanza, which speaks to this process of like restoration, of Israel and these exiles choosing finally to work with God, to partner with him to build and restore their home. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the prophet says, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins, raise up former devastations, repair ruined cities, devastations of many generations. I was thinking about about that in light of my own life, that I, if I can look back over it, that there have been seasons in which I could say, yeah, that felt like a season in which I knew that God was working to sort of set me free, or this was a season in which I knew God was at work to bring healing, or this has felt more like a restorative, a building a season in which I'm living into health and strength and I'm able to work with God. In Galatians 4, we talked about this as a staff, read this passage together the other day. Paul talks about the sort of movement we have from being a slave to a child to an heir, that God works in our lives that way. He liberates us, then he adopts us, and then he makes us heirs. He gives us the keys to the kingdom. And I think this third week of Advent is a reminder that this is God's heart towards us all the time, that he's always coming towards us. He's always committed, has promised, in fact, to do this work in our lives. And the reality is that there are some times that I get to recognize that that's happening. I can feel it. I sense it. I know it. And then there are going to be these seasons in my life in which I don't really at all. I can't see or understand what God's doing. But the question that I feel prompted to ask myself in light of this third week of Advent, lighting this rose candle, is this. In those times when I can't really see or understand or point to what God's doing in my life, can I choose to rejoice anyway? Can I trust that God is at work and that this is his work and not mine? I think that's one of the most like, sort of profound realities about this week of Advent is the call to rejoice and have joy while I stand still and do nothing, while I wait. Because if I'm waiting, that necessarily implies that I have chosen to believe that God is the one making his way towards me. My posture is going to be this. And that's so instructive, so helpful for so many of us in our Christian faith because a lot of us tend to think of it as what are we supposed to do? What do I fix? What do I make right? And there's a place for that. But there's a call in Advent to remember that ultimately, at the root of all of that, we are called to trust that this ongoing work of healing, restoring the world, and healing and restoring my own life, it is God's work. And that sometimes I just need to sit, be still, and trust that he's making his way toward me. And that's true whether I'm in a place of exile, whether I'm wandering in the wilderness, or whether I'm in the dark. 
regardless of where Israel was in their story, exile, wilderness, darkness. God was at work and on his way. So we rejoice. Paul says rejoice, and again I say rejoice. That's the call. Sometimes it's the most faithful thing that I can do is to trust that God has ultimately declared freedom and healing and restoration over my life. And while those promises may be in process, they are not in question. And I think some of us probably just need to hear that and hold on to it. The promises of God in your life may be in process, but they are not in question. Amen. That's going to take us to kind of the second point, thing I want to say about this passage, which is, is this. The promises of God have been fulfilled for us in Jesus. Uh, this is the same text, many of you will remember, uh, that Jesus reads and preaches as his first sermon, Luke tells us in his gospel, that uh, one day Jesus was in the synagogue in his hometown in Nazareth, and he stood up, and he was handed the scroll, and he thumbs to this passage in Isaiah. He reads it, and he says after he reads it, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And then, in a kind of drop mic sort of way, he, he sits down. And I love this moment in the life of Jesus uh, so much. I've always thought it was interesting that this was the text that he chose to read. And there's so much that could be said about why he chose this text and that really important moment in his life. But when I think about it connected to today, to this third week of Advent, I I'm reminded uh, that when Jesus said those words, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, that he was in reality sort of doing what this rose-colored candle represents to us symbolically, which is he was declaring something to be true that was still in process, that actually had not yet really, totally, ultimately been fulfilled. Uh, so for example, Jesus had not yet begun his ministry. He had not yet done the things that are stated in this passage, his works of, of healing. Uh, even calling the disciples, so much of what would come to define his life and his ministry, the cross was still in front of him. Of course, his resurrection uh, was still in front of him. All that literally and actually stretched out, yet to be completed or fulfilled. And yet, it did not stop Jesus from standing up and looking those people in the faces and saying, today, this scripture, these promises have been fulfilled. And I think that's really powerful because it's not like people heard him say that and then in response said, oh, thank God. Thank you, Jesus, for answering our prayers. That's not how they responded. What they did, in fact, was get frustrated, angry, and drive him out of town. But that didn't keep Jesus from saying it anyway, and it didn't make it any less true for them even. And I think that that's a really powerful uh, image, thought, for me and in my life. And, and here's why. Because I know that in a season like this, that there are probably a lot of you, many of us, who are doubting God, maybe in ways that we never have before, feeling more separated from him than we ever have before. We've lost touch with so many of the things that keep our faith on track. And so it's easy to sort of lose Jesus in the process. I know that there are others of you who no doubt may be listening to this because you're looking for God. Even while you feel very skeptical that any of this business about who he is or Jesus, that any of it's real. And I think that's because to a degree all of us are feeling really brokenhearted. 
We're all suffering through a lot of loss. We're all feeling captive to something we don't know how to break out of, even though those things may be different. And so I'm wondering, as I was sitting with these words, if we could choose today to believe sort of in faith that these words, these promises, that they are for us, that they are for you, that the promises of God have been fulfilled for you in Jesus today, even if so much of the work that Jesus would do in your life still stretches out in front of you, not yet done, not yet fulfilled, what if the invitation or the question before you is could you choose today to believe that Jesus stands in front of you, that he has come to you with a promise to work in your life, to fulfill the work of God in you and through you, could you choose today to just receive it, to trust him, to believe that? If you are, for example, someone who is in need of hearing that money does not define who you are, it cannot ultimately define your life before God, your value as a person, or even place limits on how influential you will be for the kingdom of heaven. That's the good news of Jesus for you and over your life. If you are brokenhearted, maybe you need to hear that Jesus has promised to bind up the pieces. That means he wants to put you together in a way that would allow you to be stronger, to love stronger. If you are, for example, someone who feels captive to darkness that you can't seem to break out of, then what Jesus has said to you is that he will open the door he will make a way for you. It does not mean that you won't still struggle because of course you will, we all do, but I struggle while I make my way somewhere. I struggle like a free person because of Jesus while I make my way toward home. And that's true for you, it can be true for you because you have a home. If you are someone who feels like you are in despair, like you have lost hope, can you choose today to believe that Jesus wants to put around you what he calls a garment of praise? Meaning he wants to surround you with words that are true about who you are and about who he is. He wants to shield you and cover you from shame, defend you from lies so that you can hold your head up. Could you choose today to believe that? And in this way, this part of the sermon is terribly evangelistic. If you have never looked at Jesus and said, I believe you can do for me the things that you have promised to do. And I don't care if you've been around him or in the church your whole life, or if you've never stepped foot in one, if you've never looked at Jesus, if you've never closed your eyes and prayed and said to God, I don't know you, but I choose to believe you. And I would like to know you, then today is the day. Today, Jesus said, these scriptures have been fulfilled in your hearing. Let's take him at his word. It may sound to us like empty sentiment. It may sound like a lot of psychology. I have a lot of deeply cynical friends. I myself am a deeply cynical person most times. But I will tell you all, Therapy, medication, support groups, podcasts, mindfulness. I love all those things. Big fan. 
They all have their place. They are good gifts. But the promises of God have been fulfilled for you in Jesus. That's the truth. And if I can start there, then all the rest of it just helps me along the way. But I have to start there. God's freedom, his healing, his restoration, all those things he's made available to you through his son. I pray that on a day like today, you would choose to take him up on his offer. All right, our habit is to provide a couple of questions for reflection for you each week. Things for you to sit with either on your own or to talk about with the group of people you're watching church with. Here's the first question. As you think about God's promises being in process in your life, are you most in need of freedom, healing, or are you in a restoring, building phase? Just think about your life with God. Sort of where are you right now in the process of salvation or God's work in your life? Can you, can you name the work that he's doing and see it? Just reflect on that together. And then secondly, where are you with Jesus right now? If you were to imagine him sort of coming and standing in front of you in your living room or in your bedroom or wherever it is you are right now and saying, today these things have been fulfilled for you, how would that make you feel? Just reflect on sort of where you are with Jesus. Maybe talk about it with the people around you. All right. Amen. Let's pray together. And we'll see you all next week. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.